everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Katie's Christmas Movie Countdown. I'm here with Otis. Hello. And my bestie, Sarah. Hi. And today we watched Elf, my favorite Christmas movie <laughs> in the whole freaking world. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. Uh, if you are friends with me on Facebook, you might have seen that I needed the advent calendar of Elf Socks. That our friend Emma so graciously gave to me like 20 minutes after I asked for it. <laughs> and I just opened uh, today's socks, or the two days the two days of socks so far. The first one is uh, black socks, and they have elf written all over them in the font. And then it has this yellow, like, cups of coffee and then jugs of syrup. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. And then the other one are like knee-high socks or taller socks with a ridiculous picture of Buddy the Elf's face on it. And it says the four main food groups, <laughs> syrup, candy canes, candy corns, and candy, which is, you know, the four food groups for elves. So this movie is so freaking good. I don't know if you, if you have not seen this movie, how have you not seen this movie? <laughs> It's been out almost 20 years now, which is crazy to think about. But this, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? This film is so good. It's perfect. So the basic plot line of this movie, if for some reason you have not seen it or haven't seen it in 18 years or however long, Buddy the Elf, or Buddy is a baby, and he's at an orphanage. He sneaks into Santa's sack and winds up in the North Pole, and ends up getting raised by elves. He grows up to be, like, 30, and finally realizes that he's not an elf, but he's actually a human. And then Santa and Papa Elf tell him about his real dad, and he proceeds on this ridiculous journey to New York City to meet his real father, and hilarity ensues, and it's basically a family love story, like... He's trying to get his dad to love him and basically give his dad Christmas spirit. It's so good. It, it's a solid Christmas movie. Um, like the whole fish out of water idea of it. Like it always reminds me of like, like Crocodile Dundee. Mm-hmm. Like when, you know, when they're somewhere else and they're like, I don't understand how anything works. But they survive because they're just charming. Yeah. <laughs> that works out pretty good. He's so damn nice that just... He should have got murdered so many times in this movie, but they, people just like him instantly. Yeah. Except for, there's a few people that don't like him instantly. Yeah. Like, that taxi driver probably didn't like him when he got just ran over. <laughs> the yellow ones don't stop. The yellow ones don't stop. But, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's really cool to see just, he's so happy. And it he just, is. It's very infectious. Why are you smiling like that? That's just how I smile. Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> It's so good. It, this movie is so quotable in everyday life. Wolf Ferrell movies are pretty quotable. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, aside from like the last five years, they haven't been that great. But <laughs> yeah. everything he did like 2010 and before, fucking comedy gold. 
perfectly quotable movies. And honestly, like, I, I think because they're so quotable, I think he's just coming up with some of that stuff off the top of his head. Oh, for sure. Yeah, a bunch of this shit is made up. He has to just make up stuff. Because There's that's what no makes it way. So... There is absolutely no way someone sat down in a writer's room and wrote half the shit that he said as Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights. <laughs> no fucking way. And those insults that him and... And John C. Riley like throw back at each other in Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. No way they fucking scripted that shit. <laughs> no, that was they just, just the <laughs> they just turned the cameras on and were like, "All right, insult each other." You never call them dead. Just <laughs> not even if there's a fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one other way this movie relates to Step Brothers, besides it being Will Ferrell, Mary Steenburger, who plays his mom in Step Brothers, plays his stepmom in Elf. So there's a fun little know. connection. Oh yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, today I saw my own son use a bicycle as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, so that's her. Um, I'm just gonna run down a whole bunch of fun facts about this movie because there are a billion. Oh my gosh, there's so much cool shit in this film. So Buddy, because he's a fish out of water, he has no idea what anything is he's eating gum off the streets and every (laughs) and every cup of coffee he drinks is the best cup of coffee because there's a sign in the window that says it it's a mess um but i found out that the cotton balls that he is eating in the doctor's office are actually just undyed cotton candy so good he's not just eating fucking cotton like that that would have been horrible (laughs) (laughs) um the spaghetti scene where Buddy sits down to eat spaghetti for breakfast. He, like, takes his spaghetti, and he doesn't put any sauce on it. He puts, he just dumps, like, syrup on it, and then chocolate syrup, and then he fucking puts marshmallows and cookies, and he crumbles a Pop-Tart on top. That, like, and then he mushes it all together, his fucking elf spaghetti. He shoves it all in his mouth. Okay, they had to film that scene twice, because the very first time they did it, Will Ferrell vomited <laughs> just everywhere because he couldn't handle it. It was too gross for him. Um, besides the vomiting, Will Ferrell also got frequent headaches while filming this film because all the shots where he's like ingesting sugar is actually him ingesting sugar and it was too much for his body. So he just had headaches like the whole time they shot this film because he's just constantly overloading himself with sugar mm. trying to eat the four main food groups <laughs> candy candy canes candy corns and syrup like you gotta stick to the four main food groups that's crazy that they couldn't just come up with some like stuff that looks like sweets that yeah. he could eat yeah. but i guess it would probably taste gross like like substitute i mean all of this tasted candy. gross anyways there's yeah. no way fucking spaghetti noodles with chocolate syrup and maple syrup and those like you don't know multicolored. Good. <laughs> I'm down to try this. Like, let's fucking do it. I, I will eat the <sighs> shit out of some of that. I'll probably get sick just like Will Ferrell, but I'm down. No, I'm good. I'm down. Well, like plain noodles, you put syrup on them. Like, okay, that's not taste terrible. Like syrup. It's just it's the chocolate. It, yeah, it's the combo of the syrup and, and the, the pop tarts and the marshmallows and the cookies. Yeah, I'm not a big marshmallow it's like a person. Kid yeah, just, like, I made breakfast. If it was just both a, of you with the marshmallows, if it was just the syrups, oh, marshmallows are delicious. Like different types of syrups, that's nothing. But then just the marshmallow, yeah, ugh. marshmallows are yummy. You guys are crazy. Okay, so uh, the whole North Pole scene, Santa's workshop, the elf costumes, and the animals in the North Pole were all based on the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in 1964. 
that movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, is improperly copywritten because of the way that they did the Roman numerals at the end of the film. So basically, you can just use it whenever you want. Like, we could probably put in the music from that film right now and nobody could do anything about it because it's improperly copywritten. Oh, so it's like um, uh, Night of the Living Dead. When they messed up their copywriting and stuff. And uh, that's why there's so many different versions of it. Because you can't really get in trouble. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> the fight scene with fake Santa that's done in... Um, Gimbals. In Gimbals. Yeah. Was done... Had to be done in one take because they could not spend the time to rebuild every single thing <laughs> that they break in that scene. And all the kids that are in that scene that are just like gawking at the fucking fight are all green screened in because they couldn't risk any of the kids getting hurt and having to try and reshoot the scene again. <laughs> so they took the kids out. It's just Will Ferrell and Artie Lang fucking going at it, destroying this beautiful Winter Wonderland gimbals. And then they green screened the kids in. They fell on for so many Legos. Oh my god, they <laughs> fucked up so many Legos. That would have hurt. It would have hurt. I don't know. That would have been like Legos in people's eyes and shit. <laughs> oh, the elf Ming Ming, Otis, you'll like this, is Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Oh, So at the uh, very yeah. beginning, there's a couple of elves in the shop, and the elf that has the glasses is Ralphie from A Christmas Story. There's another movie that he was in uh, when he got older. Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's there in it with two one. other people in this film. <laughs> or there... not Christmas with the Cranks. It was, um, damn it, I read it. I don't remember what it is. Damn, yeah, th- there's there's another movie where he pops up and people are like, oh, oh, yeah, that's Ralphie. Yeah, it's something like that. Christmas with something. Yeah. Um. Okay, the burp that is done. So Buddy, at, there's one scene where Buddy is at the first family dinner where he's meeting all the, fam- all the family. And he chugs a two liter of Coke in like less than 10 seconds, chugs the whole thing. And then he just sits for a couple minutes, and then he burps this obnoxious burp and asks, Did you hear that? Well, that burp was done by... Frank Welker? Maurice LaMarche. Damn it. Oh, another guy from like, Futurama. Who did the burps for the Animaniacs Wackarotti skit. Where Wacko pretends to be Pavarotti, and he just fucking yeah. burps like mm-hmm. operas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the same dude. Like, that same classic burp sound. I think that dude's also... He does a lot of cartoon stuff. Oh, yeah. He did a bunch of shit. He was also, like, the voice of Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. What? And, yeah. He did a bunch of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I knew when you... The way you had that sense going, I was like, okay, it's one of these voice actors. I yeah. was, like, going for, like, an old one. Okay. So, the screenplay for Elf came out in 1993, which is, like, ten years before this film actually ended up being made, which seems absurd. And originally had Jim Carrey attached. So glad it's not him, though. Yeah. It wouldn't be that bad. It's just not the same. Yeah. It's not the same type of funny. No. They're not the same type of funny. like innocent funny. funny, Yeah. Whereas Jim Carrey's is like more... Grumpy funny? Yeah. Because the Christmas films... The Christmas films that I can think of Jim Carrey in, right off the top of my head, he... Both the characters he played were just like grumpy assholes. Well, it it, kind of depends on the movie, but like... I don't know. Yeah, like you said, Will Ferrell's got that like that innocent kid, kind of funny. Yes. Even in Saturday Night Live, a lot of his skits, he was just like a normal dude, just doing like the silly God, environment around him. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he was real good oh, at that. I love Will Ferrell so much. Just being normal. He was never anything like ridiculous in his skits, but it just made it funny. His face is yeah. money. He can make anything funny. Well, and he's just like so tall and awkward that his like physical comedy yeah. is very natural to him because of his size. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Elf 2 <clears throat> was scrapped because Will Ferrell turned down a $29 million offer to do a sequel in 2013. I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't think they could have captured the magic again. No. It didn't need a sequel. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. That and the problem with a lot of these comedies and stuff, that they make it, it's either all right when it comes out and then a little bit later it gets really good when people finally figure it out. And then they'll wait 80 years and like, hey, let's do another Zoolander. Four to five years later, and it's people like, yeah, I like the first one. It was great, and they're like, I don't know, not good. Or like, let's make oh. another Anchorman thirty years later. I'm like, Mugatu. No, make it like right after. Like, keep going. They they let too much time go out in between. Yeah, I and agree. Just, and then they try to use the same jokes. I'm like, oh, I'm a different person now. Yeah, those <laughs> jokes aren't funny anymore. The world has changed. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> We've toss come same... a long way in ten years. Yeah, you can't toss the same shit at me. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, wait too long. I wouldn't mind a second one, but I don't know what he would be yeah. dealing with. I feel with. like if if I were to write a sequel to this film, it would be... I mean, I'd still make Jon Favreau direct it because he's the best. After he finishes The Mandalorian, of course. But <laughs> but I'd make... Uh, I would make it like um, Santa's deciding to retire and then Buddy's going to take over Santa. Like, oh my God. the classic Santa <laughs> dilemma, like, in half the Christmas movies that in existence. It's all about the, who's going to replace Santa, basically. And oh. I would do Buddy the Elf. And oh, he goes on a cool. hunt for a new Santa, like, yeah. on an adventure. That would be the other. And then they, well, yeah, and then yeah. they realize then, that it's got to be Buddy. And but, then, but then it makes sense because then he's Joby not technically an elf. So, it, yeah. he's probably, like, a really, like, well, you got to be, like, a people. And he's like, well, I'm an elf. He's like, no, you're a person. Yes, exactly. You can do this. So, oh, wow. so he would become Santa, and Joby would become Mrs. Claus. Their kid would be, I don't know, whoever. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Susie Claus, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the movie that I would write. That'd and then cool. all the rest of the family is involved. And the brother's just, like, old as fuck. <laughs> I looked at a picture of that kid, and he's so old compared to what he is in the movie. He's, like, I don't know, 12, 13 in the movie, and the kid's, like, 30 now. Yeah, child Jesus. actors, man. You go through a lot. Yeah, well, it's not even that he's a child actor. It's just that he was, like, prepubescent in this film, and he's clearly a grown-ass man now. Like, there's yeah. a big difference between, like, pimply teenager, pimply preteen... And grown man. Yeah. There's a lot of growth there. Uh, the nice list that they read at the end of the film is all, all the names they read are all people who worked in the film. Like makeup department people and just random people who involved in the production of this film. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau directed this film. He played the doctor in this film. And he voiced the narwhal who says goodbye to Buddy when he leaves the North Pole. I know that might be one of my favorite lines. Oh yeah, it's so good. Um, Call-outs or shout-outs to other movies that they made in this film. The bridge scene where Buddy is like down on his down on himself and feeling bad about Christmas 
is a call to It's a Wonderful Life. The Tree Being Too Tall is a call to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the North Pole scenes are all a callback to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then there are a bunch of other nods to a bunch of other movies, including Miracle on 34th Street, um, A Christmas Story, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There's like a shit ton of callbacks to other films in this movie. Um, the Central Park Rangers at the end, there's four of them, and they are supposed to symbolize the four horsemen of the apocalypse, <laughs> which is fucking funny because, of course, Santa would never put them on the nice list. Of course, the apocalypse, the four horsemen of the apocalypse would hate Santa. Like, it's fucking funny. That's classic. Uh, there is this really funny scene where Buddy is in Central Park and the news, like, camera captures him walking through Central Park <laughs> and it's a flash to an old, old, old video of a quote-unquote Sasquatch sighting where people thought that they were actually fucking seeing Bigfoot and it was just, like, a person wearing all black walking through the woods. It was a mess. And then the final fun fact for this film that I had is Ed Asner, who plays the sand in this film, went on after this film to play Santa a whole bunch of other times. This was supposedly his first time playing Santa. But he plays the exact same version of Santa, like the grumpy, like, I'm too old for this shit Santa, in an episode, a special episode of a Netflix show called Storybots. It's a kid's show. Sorry. Shout out to my profession, I guess. Um, called Storybots Save Christmas. And he ends up just getting fed up with Christmas and or getting fed up with the workshop and he disappears and he pieces out to New York and the storybots have to find him and one of the storybots finds him in a cookie shop that is only available in New York that only exists in New York and Santa's just like getting milk drunk like <laughs> getting milk wasted and like drink eating hella cookies and the storybots have to get convince him to go back to the North Pole. It's pretty fucking great. That's pretty nice. Yeah, Ed Asner's fucking great. So every time I hear Ed Asner's voice, um, I hear the nice part of him, but he plays a bad guy, uh, voice actor in the boondocks. He's like the evil, like, corporate white guy. He's always trying to like ruin shit. <laughs> and he's got a good bad guy voice. Oh, it's, I don't doubt it's like it. way I lower and like gravelly. But I hear his voice, and I'm like, I can hear the happiness. He's like talking to kids. I'm like, you're so nice, but you are so evil. Like he is the quintessential like bad guy voice. Yeah. When I was like a teenager, I'm like, oh, he's so evil. But no, he's he's a really good Santa. He's got the face for it. Okay, so the cast of this film is absolutely crazy. So the main character of this film is of course Buddy the Elf, that's played by Will Ferrell, and then. His dad, who is James Can, his love interest, Jovi, played by Zoe Deschanel, Santa, of course, played by Ed Asner, his elf dad, Papa Elf, Papa Elf, played by Bob <laughs> Newhart, and his stepmom, played by Mary Steenberger, who also plays his mom in Step Bros. Now, the cameos for this film are nuts. Or semi-cameos, I guess. They weren't really cameos, because they were just actually in the film, but... <laughs> The amount of famous people in this film is nuts. So there's Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. I'm sad that Jack Black wasn't in it. But then Andy Richter from the Conan O'Brien show. Amy Sedaris yeah. from everything. Strangers like, with candy. Jesus, she's in everything. Uh, Mark Atchison, which I didn't know him by name, 
but I've seen him in a whole bunch of stuff and he always plays the same exact character. He's always like a long-haired, dirty biker guy. He's like a white Danny Trejo in everything that I have ever seen him in. He's the mailroom worker in this movie that gives him the syrup, which ends up being alcohol, where Buddy gets hella drunk because he puts all of the alcohol in his coffee. (laughs) Then there's Leon Redbone, who voices Leon the Snowman and also sings like half the soundtrack. Uh, Peter Dinklage, who plays... Uh, Miles Finch, the angry elf. Phase on Love, who plays the Gimbal's manager. Artie Lang, who plays the fake Santa from Gimbal's. Uh, Michael Lerner, who is the boss at the publishing company. I've seen that guy in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. And Peter Billingsley, who is Ralphie from A Christmas Story, who plays Ming Ming, the elf, at the beginning of the movie. There's a ton of famous people in this shit. Alright, so now the part that you actually came here to hear. Everyone's favorite shit about this movie. Alright, favorite characters, Otis. Favorite character. Um, I'd be a fool to not say Buddy. Um, yep, you see you him like <laughs> You see him like 90% of the movie. He's always, he's in almost every scene and he just, whenever he's on screen he just radiates and you can't help but look at what he's doing. Well, just like the the Christmas tree scene, that's one of my favorites. When he just like dives off scene, he's in the background, jumps off the couch, and just dives onto the the tree and falls over. Um, he's ridiculous. I yeah, he's like the best thing. Um, I I do like everybody gets better the longer they're around him, and yeah. then they get a lot cooler. Like his his little brother, like you know, he was turd at first, and then. You know, he's there long enough. Well, the snow- All it took was Buddy, like, saving his ass in Just a snowball Just murdering fight. kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets better. Like, the st- well, stepmom was pretty cool the whole time. Yeah. And then, you know, dad's an asshole, but yeah. he becomes a, a softer asshole at the end. Yeah. But, like, yeah, everybody around him gets better. But, yeah, uh, Buddy. Buddy's, like, the coolest thing. Yeah, Buddy is for sure my favorite character in this film. I cannot look at any scene in this movie with Buddy the Elf in it and not have a huge smile on my face. <laughs> It's so good. It's true. Um, I love Buddy, but since you guys already talked about him, I would say I really like Jovi. She, like, I never knew it. quite, like, she, at the beginning she kind of questions his motives just because she's, like, singing in the shower and he, <laughs> like, goes and sings her. But she, like, never, like, makes fun of him or anything and oh. stuff. And she's always, I don't know, she gives him a chance and I always liked her. That is I love pretty, her singing voice. So. That is really cool. Yeah, like, like, because he's, you know, it's a lot. If you're eccentric. Him, <laughs> yeah. If you're seeing it from the outside, you're like, man, this dude really likes Christmas. Like, <laughs> a fuck it's ton. A lot. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, you like Christmas, whatever. Yeah, that, yeah that's really good. <laughs> All right, least favorite character. Oh, that sucks. <sighs> um, Peter Dinklage's character. <laughs> <laughs> he's a jerk. <laughs> Because Just like I have houses, yeah, like seventy-inch flat screen. I get like, more ass than you've seen in your entire life. Because there's there's people out there that you know do, guaranteed there's people that do like kids books and cartoons and stuff, and they're like that, and like they don't care. They're like jerks, and that, yeah, that sucks. In it for the money. Um, the boss, he's an asshole too. Oh but, yeah, super douche. But I do understand his side. He's like, hey man, we need this book, but like Christmas Eve, like. Like staying uh, out. Could, yeah, that, you that, could just not. You could just wait. It's a like day. the book's not going to be done that night, so yeah. like, let's come back tomorrow, which is 
Christmas. That sucks. Let's still, go back but, the day after Christmas. Yeah. But, I mean, I understand, like, everything's got a deadline. And yeah, he's he, the Scrooge. That's the whole story they could take off this film. Just do a different, a second film that's just called, just the Scrooge story, but with the characters from Elf. He's the Ebenezer Scrooge and just getting fucked the whole time. Like, yeah, but probably. what could have happened if you weren't such a jerk. Yeah, but probably uh, Dinklage's character are the boss. Just, but, you know, they're the bad guys. You're not supposed to really like them, so they did their job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my least favorite character is probably uh, Artie Lang as the fake Santa. <laughs> oh, I liked him. Uh, only because he clearly did not go to fake Santa school. Uh, because you should get taught to not react when people are like, you're a phony, you're a fraud, or whatever. <laughs> like, he did not need to escalate that situation like he did and just start fucking fighting Will Ferrell in the middle of a department <laughs> store. Like, that was a lot. I would say, I mean, they're not my least favorite, but they're a good bad guy is the the Central Park Rangers. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. think it's nice. freaking ridiculous. Yeah, the that Simon and Garfunkel concert. Yeah. It's still being debated and investigated from 1983. <laughs> like, a mess. <laughs> They're so ridiculous. Beating them up. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite scene from the film? Uh, it's tough. Um, I kind of have to categorize them. Uh, so just, like, quick scene, just something that happens really fast. It's the Christmas tree one. Where he's like, well, how are we going to get the star up there? And he just disappears like, for a I second. got it. And it just dives onto and falls. But I love the snowball scene. That's one of my favorites. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, make some snowballs real quick. And, you know, the his kid brother made, like, makes one. one. And it's crappy looking. And then Buddy made, like, at least 100. And he's like, okay, let's go. And then Buddy's just pinpoint precision, just murdering children out in the snow. Yeah. I, th- I always love that scene. That last snowball. <laughs> Yeah. Where he pegs that kid in the back. He I, fucks that kid up. I have questions about Buddy. Okay. He's supposed to be human, right? Yeah. Yes. But he d- constantly does things that is not human. He's been because well, he by was elves. raised by elves. So he's got magic in him? Basically. Yeah. He lives on 40, 40 minutes of sleep. <laughs> and candy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and can make things really This fast. is what happens when all you consume is sugar, Otis. You get fucked <laughs> up, Otis. <laughs> you should be moving this fast. <laughs> There's a episode of Futurama. Cut out Chipotle, you'd be moving as fast as Buddy. Fry buys a hundred uh, coffees, and when he drank the hundredth one in a row, he like was able to like move light speed. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what yeah. is happening. And he just saves Buddy. everybody because there's like an explosion. He gets everybody out before the explosion actually happens. But yeah, I I always questioned that when I was watching. I was like, is he a fucking? Yeah, I was always like, is he? He's got to be some type of hybrid now because he's been there way too long around magic. So he probably is like magic and probably their food there makes him not just normal. Yeah. What about you, sir? I think part like my favorite sequence is their date because like they're showing each other like, here's the world's best crappy cup of coffee. And then (laughs) like, look at this Christmas tree. It's so pretty. And she's like, oh, wait, you've never seen one. Like the You've never seen this one. <laughs> yeah. Wait and like is able you. to wow him with the Rockefeller Center one. And like, it's just so cute. It is really like cute. That Their is date nice. is really cute. You missed. <laughs> what do you mean? You missed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, their kiss is so cute. Right. Uh, okay, since you took their date. <laughs> damn it. Uh, <laughs> I have to go with the leaving scene 
for when he leaves the North Pole initially. So yeah, he he walks out of like he's starting his journey and he goes and gets on a like a part of an iceberg and he has to say goodbye to a polar bear, a walrus, and his friend Arctic Puffin. And he says goodbye to them. And then he gets on his little like snow piece or his little iceberg piece, and then the, a narwhal pops up, voiced by John Favreau. It get like comes up and says goodbye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. And it's just so doofy and ridiculous, and it's all like claymation, and I absolutely love it. I love. It that. sets the tone for the entire film. Was it the puffin that started crying? Yeah, the puffin oh, yeah. was fucked up yeah, when because Buddy, Buddy leaves. Starts sobbing. Those North Pole scenes. They're the so cute. I would have to say my next favorite would be when he like realizes he's human and his whole world like oh shakes my god and and just like, like shakes <laughs> and he's just like starts running through the, like, yeah. North Pole. It's like crazy dream sequence or nightmare sequence, I guess. Yeah, that one's yeah. pretty great. With the, like, like jack showers. in the box. That's, like, oh my god, the jack in the box is so good. Every scene is great in this film. There is not a bad scene. Just watch That's the great. whole movie. Oh my gosh. Okay, what about the music? Yes. For this film. Um, yeah, the music, it's, uh, they have the right music in it. It's, like, by the numbers. Really cool versions of stuff. I never really hear, uh, what's that Stevie Wonder one? That's, what's, that's, that's what, what Christmas, Christmas means, means to me, to me my love. Mm-hmm. I don't hear that that much, or I hear a dumb, stupid version of it. Like the yeah, it doesn't get ones. played enough like in Christmas Christmas time radio. Um, but, you know, the Christmas songs, by the numbers, good Christmas songs. But I actually liked, um, I, I guess it's what, his theme? Like the... Well, that one and then the, that... Like the whistle one? Oh, yeah. Da, 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 they seem to kind of go together. Da, 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 da. But, um, yeah, I actually oh. like those. And then um, when he's fighting uh, Dinklage. Uh, the angry elf? Like a lot of the music that they just made for the, the yeah. movie is John good. Debney did a great fucking job on this soundtrack. That's he did solid the, music. He did it. the classical soundtrack and it's so good. Yeah, it's pretty it solid. Is. I liked it. Sarah? Um, I really love the music from this. And there's, like, songs in here that I now consider just Christmas songs because of the movie, like, Pennies from Heaven. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Pennies from Heaven is a fucking Christmas song That is song a great song. Because of also. this film. Yeah. It's just Thank you like so that. much for that. Game. I love that song. Like, oh, it's so good. It gets stuck in my Louis head. Prima, um, man. Right? Killing it. His scat battle with the sax. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's not Christmassy at all. And I know it's a controversial song. But it is. But the version of Baby It's Cold Outside with Zoe Deschanel during the credits. Oh, yeah, with Leon Redbone? Yes. It's a fantastic version of that song. That song is not a good song. It's not a Christmas song. It's a different time. (laughs) It could have been in fucking February. It's still cold outside. Which is still winter. It's It's a fuck off my shit. (laughs) I've never liked that song, even no, before people so- were like, ooh, that's bad. I was well, like, it's not it was good. a different time. I, I know, know, but it's, it's a just- problematic song, but, the, <laughs> but this version of the song is really good. It's pretty. Yeah. The end. <laughs> it's I mean, pretty. Zoe Deschanel is a great singer. Oh, she's so amazing. She has just that like old-timey voice. Yeah, she's singing with John Fat Cheeks. <laughs> so that sounds pretty good. So I love the music in this movie, like both of them have said. It's a fucking amazing soundtrack. I listen to both soundtracks every Christmas. Like, 
in my Spotify. I've got the whole thing. Like, I love it so much. I can listen to it all, all month. Uh, my favorite song from the soundtrack, besides Panic from Heaven, because that is a fucking great song, is probably the Nutcracker Suite by Brian Setzer Orchestra mm-hmm. um, that they play while Buddy the Elf is decorating gimbals. Heard like, that live. It's great. Oh, yeah. I've heard it live, too. It's so good. We went and saw him uh, yeah, at, the uh, casino. at the casino. <laughs> yeah. It Black is concert. so good. And, I mean, the version that they play in the movie is only, like, three or four, three minutes long, maybe. Maybe four minutes. But the actual version that Brian Setzer does is, like, eight or nine minutes. It's pretty long. And he goes over a whole bunch of different parts from the Nutcracker that they didn't get a chance to put in this movie. And it's so freaking good. There's like, a ton of jazz bands that do suites like that. Uh, yeah. I know uh, Gordon Goodwin has a really cool one. Yeah. Um, ooh, I can't remember his name. Uh, there's a ton of people that make suites that are like, this is going to be 10 minutes of your life, but you're going to be happy at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just going to be Christmassy shit. Okay, what about feels? Where was the feels moment for this movie for you? Or does it give you the feels? Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. It made me laugh and smile, but... I, there's other movies that I know give me more Christmassy feels, like, but um, it's, it's a good movie, but it's, I don't know, it's something about Will Ferrell, he just, I, I just laugh at whatever he's doing, so like, the moral kind of just goes away, I just enjoy what he's doing on the screen. It's a different type of feels when you're watching Will Ferrell. I've, there are only, there's a very small number, it's like two or three, maybe, Will Ferrell movies that can make you like cry or like really make you think past the goofy (laughs) comedian that he is and this is not one of them this is pure comedy and pure just happiness and joy like there are feelings during the date that and I'd say like where uh, his brother is reading the list and like everybody's yeah. like realizing like oh oh yeah yeah that was he a knows. Good spot. and like yeah that's the super it's the Christmas, Christmas feels. spirit yeah the Christmas feels. spirit that part is thank it, you buddy yeah. it kind of feels like they they realize like oh shit we got to put like the moral into this like towards the end and then like the last twenty minutes that's straight Christmassy oh yeah well the whole movie is very Christmassy. He's just spreading Christmas cheer to grumpy New Yorkers the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. The best way to spread Christmas cheer. He's singing loud for all to hear. Uh, memories associated with this film. Uh, that just makes me laugh. I can't. Everything. I can't remember who I saw this with for the first time. I might have actually saw it when it came on cable. No. Yeah, it had to have been on cable. I think I was at home just watching it. But yeah, no, it was good. First time I saw it, I was like laughing, like, this is really good. And that was when Will Ferrell was like hot. So like anything he did was just magic. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. I'll watch him be a giant elf and do stupid stuff. Yeah. I went and saw this movie in theaters because I love Will Ferrell and I love Christmas movies, clearly. So yeah, I have loved this movie from the start. And my memories associated with this film are basically just watching it over and over and over and over again. I have this memory, this movie memorized. <laughs> like, I know yeah. all the words and all the songs. And, yeah. <laughs> I, that's it. I love this film. I know that I saw it for the first time with my family at home. 
Um, my sister-in-law is a very big movie buff because she works used to work at a video store. Um, <laughs> Back when there were video stores? Yeah, at a rental store. So she loves movies as well. Um, and I remember she introduced us to two Will Ferrell movies in our family. Zoolander, which is great. <laughs> and then this movie, and which is amazing. Um, so yeah. I invented loved it, the piano key necktie. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, um, got to. And then you and I have watched it like a billion, a billion times. God, I love this movie so much. <laughs> and usually, I put it on in my class, uh, like tomorrow, my last day before break. I'm gonna just put this on and let on it play on repeat. On repeat, I I don't restart it every period. I'm just like pick up where we left off. I don't care. I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm reading the end. The of kids film. don't pay attention. I just need something on in the background. Yeah, yeah right. Just. Just sounds. They're on their phones. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, a seven-word synopsis of this film. Okay, I wrote this down. Uh, okay. Guaranteed, Buddy has to have super diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. Not even regular diabetes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wilford I'm, Brimley. I'm Wilford Brimley. I am diabetes. But no, like, uh, that's why I keep going back to, like, his body has to have, like, evolved. Yeah. Past the fact that he can just eat sugar and just Well, I'm sure the elf, the elf and Santa magic up at the North Pole is helping that. Yeah, because, like, Doing something to him. 40, 40 minutes of sleep, and you're like, I'm good. And I'm like, sweet Jesus, your body should have shut down by now. Yeah. But, uh, no, like, guaranteed, he's got to have super diabetes. If that magic ever goes away, his body's just going to, like, crumble. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is, uh, no, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins, buddy. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's... I love that phrase. I have a shirt. No, I don't have a shirt that says that. I wish I had a shirt that said cotton-headed ninny muggins. My shirt says, oh, no. son of a nutcracker. <laughs> but <laughs> cotton-headed ninny muggins, that's coming up. I'm going to get a shirt that says that. Or maybe some socks that say that. I don't know. We'll find out from, oh, my, probably. from my cool advent calendar. <laughs> yeah, what? 13 more sh- more shots to get something with that on it? Yep. There we go. Oh, yeah. That's odds-wise. you got to get something with that <laughs> I on I hope it. so. I've, I get cotton-headed any mugging socks. I'm wearing those everywhere. <laughs> I'll wash them every single night. <laughs> All right. I feel Sarah? like mine could be like the tagline on the little kid version book. It's like, human elf finds dad in big city. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's totally what it is. That's fantastic. Yeah, I I was thinking about doing a by the numbers one, but I'm like, nah. Katie or Sarah and or Sarah will do it the right way. So I'm just gonna. I got you. I'm just gonna go. I follow the rules. You said synopsis. Oh yeah, we we said synopsis, but then I don't know who did it first. Clearly, Sarah's not listening to our podcast. So hey. Yeah, somebody deviated first, and they broke the seal on it. They're like, that wasn't a synopsis at all. I'm like, fuck it, but that was funny. I follow the rules, okay? I'm a rule follower. (laughs) We know. We know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, uh, things we do. I don't know if you've seen my little notes here, but things we ask. uh, What do you think the budget for this film was? Oh. A lot of the scenery was just real. But I know the gimbals, I, mean, they, I don't know how much they had to pay for the gimbals scene. And uh, I'm going to say $100 million. Sarah? I don't know budgets. Um, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go 75 mil. 
Sarah's closer, but really? this budget was only $33 million. What? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Only $33 million is only what it costs to they put this movie together. I assume just because it was in New York, all the stuff they had to like right? stop traffic and do shit and just, man. Rent out Macy's. Yeah. You know, man. Well, they didn't like necessarily shut down a lot of New York to do it. Yeah. They did like they took a little section of Rockefeller Center for like a minute and then they did like that one scene on the bridge for a minute and the park for a minute like true it wasn't they, a lot it didn't, there was probably scenes where they like <laughs> let's let's get through this real quick and work I it did out. read that the all the stuff from like the very beginning where he's coming into New York for the first time and he's like eating the gum and he's getting his shoe shine and all, grabbing all those flyers they shot that it was just Will Ferrell, John Favreau, and a cameraman running around New York with Will Ferrell in costume on the very last day of shooting, just getting him doing a whole bunch of random shit that they compiled he into being gum. It was all I read that it was uh, chewed by him, and they had repainted the 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 banister, the railing. Okay, so it was like yeah. clean. Yeah, so they, like, cleaned and repainted the banister, then Will Ferrell chewed a bunch of gum, stuck it on there, and then pulled it off and chewed it himself, like, put it back in his mouth. (laughs) Oh, that's good. So it was his own gum on a clean banister that they made sure that nobody touched while he was doing that scene. Yeah. And then it was just gross gum that they kept, I guess, on the subway thing. I don't know. It was weird. Okay, 30 million. Okay. 33 million. All right, what do you think this movie made? Um, damn it. I didn't keep up with it when it came out. I assume it probably had all right ratings and people liked it. I feel I like it's the, like a later. But like I thought, yeah, I like it, to though. think that later on people were like, "Wow, this movie's actually really fucking good." Uh, I'm gonna say. Think about know. think about when you guys got into college, and were people already talking about it then, Oof. and watching it? A lot more people were talking about Anchorman. Uh, was this after Anchorman? Mm, Anchorman was 2000. Three as well. This Shit. was a okay. couple of months after Anchorman. Uh, I'm gonna say it made one fifteen. Okay, Sarah, one fifty. Sarah's closer again. Damn <laughs> it! Two hundred and twenty point nine million dollars. This movie made an absurd amount of money because it's so fucking good. Okay, I went with the multiple of what like. Four times its money. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm in a good place. It did 6.9 times its yeah. money. <laughs> Shit, That's awesome. It was so good. I'm surprised they didn't wrangle him in really quick for another one. Like like Santa Claus, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Like, hey, well, one... no, they waited in Santa Claus because we were reading the oh, numbers. Yeah. They waited like eight years between the first one and the That's second dumb. one. They waited 10 years. Before they started, they tried to get him for a second movie in I don't know. 2013, Just and he didn't want to do like, it. Some movie's like, hey, we made like almost seven times our money. You want to do another one next year? Like, <laughs> like let's let's get this going, because we can make well, more money. <clears throat> luckily, 2003 Will Ferrell was like right at the height, like at the peak of his career, or not at the peak, but about to be like, he was the biggest name in comedy at that moment. Yeah. So... To that, like, if they would have offered him a second movie, I don't know that he necessarily would have done it because, yeah. because he had all these other promising things coming up. Like, yeah. you know, old school was like right there, oh, was right movie. in that area. Oh yeah, Step Brothers was coming up soon, and Talladega Nights was coming up soon, and 
even though a lot of people don't like it, like semi-pro and all of those other things. Were a lot of movies, like, from his own little company. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. kind of went off and did his own thing. He made a lot of movies. Yeah, but all of those all of those comedies, those, like, frat pack comedies, came out in the, the mid-2000s. So he probably just didn't want to do another one right away because he wanted to take care of and do all the funny things that his fame would allow him to do. Yeah. And then by the time all of that kind of petered down, he was just like, nah, magic's done. I'm good. That's a shame, because they probably could have made a pretty good story. I could see Favreau coming up with a sequel. That would have been really cute. Oh my god. Buddy the Elf meets Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. But yeah. Buddy the Elf working in the toy shop trying to build a million Baby Yoda toys. For all the Baby Yoda fans. That'd be really, that would actually be a really cool thing if they did a 10, too cute. 10 minute movie. Too cute. A little I can't, short movie of him cute. trying to make like Baby it. Yoda toys, trying to keep Just up. Just fucking it up. Yeah. Can't handle it. They turn out like gremlins. Oh my God. <laughs> he doesn't understand what it's for. He's like, what the hell is this? Why, why does it look like that young, it's the young, that thing. The doc, John Favreau just walks in dressed like the doctor. Just do it. And yeah. walks off the screen. Oh man. John Favreau, if you're listening, please talk to us. Please jo- come be on this podcast. You too, Will Ferrell. We love you. Both of you. Mm-hmm. Come be on this podcast. Everybody in this film, actually. Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> just come join us. Come hang out. We will talk about whatever you want to talk about. So, again, this movie is fantastic. You need to go see it. It's only an hour and a half, but it's a wonderful hour and a half. It's appropriate for kids. There's no bad words in it. It's rated PG. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Like, there's a couple of fight scenes, but they're like, it's play fighting. It's comical. Your kids will laugh. They will probably say cottonhead and ninny muggets a bunch of times because it's like a bad word in <laughs> elf culture. But, I mean, let your kids say dumb stuff. It's all right. They're just kids. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at AllentownPod. You can email us at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. And you can listen to us anywhere where podcasts can be listened to. Uh, Thanks, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Good to see you guys. Bye.